Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to a new episode of Cry Like a Boy, a Euronews original podcast about how societal pressure on men to fulfill traditionally gender roles such as being the breadwinner, the head of the family, the glorious warrior or the hero can be harmful to a whole community. I am Mampeya Jao and I'm with you from Nairobi, Kenya. After listening to our last two documentary episodes set in the Liberian Civil War about the role of traditional masculinity in armed conflict and soldiers suffering from PTSD years after the battle is over, we are here with two very special guests, Oscar-nominated and Emmy Award-winning U.S. director Ginny Retica and Liberian Cecilia Danueli of the Women in Peacebuilding Network to discuss the role of women in conflict resolution and peacebuilding. The Women in Peacebuilding Network was created in 2002 to unite Liberian women of different religions and backgrounds with a common goal to stop the Liberian civil war that for more than a decade had threatened their lives and those of their families, all victims of violence and hunger. Now, if you haven't heard the documentary episodes of our Liberian series, we invite you to do so by visiting our website, urinews.com. Hi, Ginny. Hi, Cecilia. Thank you so much for joining us here on Cry Like a Boy. We will get back to you in a minute. Ginny Retica, whose career is distinguished by placing women at the center of her stories, released the 2008 documentary Pray the Devil Back to Hell, which recounts the struggle of this group of Liberian women to demand an end to the armed struggle from the men. Let's start with you, Ginny. How did you discover this story and why did you decide it was worth traveling to Liberia and making a documentary? First, thanks so much for having us both here today. Um, and it's interesting. I actually heard about the story of women in Liberia by a very chance encounter with the producer, Abby Disney. She had just gotten back from Liberia in celebration of Ellen Johnson Sirleaf's inauguration as president. And she came back and we ran into each other and she was saying, you know, while I was there, I heard something really interesting had happened with the women in Liberia. I was following the story in Liberia, I thought, and all that I had heard about what was happening with women was just, you know, horrible stories of rape and violence. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And there was no reporting of it at all in the mainstream media in the United States. 
And then Lema Bowie came to speak at the United Nations. Abby and I went and met with Lema in a hotel lobby where she recounted her story, the story of, of, of all of the women in Liberia. And I was like completely blown away um, and said, wow, if this is really true, there's a film. And I think within a few weeks, we were on a plane to Liberia. Thank you, Ginny, for your answer. Back then, thousands of women, ordinary mothers, grandmothers, aunts, and daughters, both Christian and Muslim, came together to pray for peace and then staged a silent protest outside the presidential palace, putting pressure on Liberian men to pursue peace or lose physical intimacy with their wives. Among them was Cecilia Danuelli. Cecilia, how did you become part of this movement and when did you decide that women had to intervene to stop the war? Thank you for having me on this uh, podcast. I joined a group 2002 when um, the war began to rage on the capital Morovia because I was like a displaced woman coming from Bon County, from Banga. And then when I came and saw how women were treated and others were treated, the elderly, the, the younger uh, uh, children, the way they were, and they were dying of hunger, and I was like, we need to stop this war. And then I came in contact with uh, Lima, and Father Lima started to recruit us, and she brought us on board. 2002 first, and then 2003, we started the whole process where we had our first meeting, and then she called 20 women, and I was amongst those 20 women that joined the whole process. And then we started with the advocacy going from embassy to embassy, going to marketplace. We had what we call the Peace Audit Project. And from there, we started this Mass Action for Peace on the banner of WIPNET. I see. And it's interesting to see how you managed to succeed with this mass action because Liberia at that time had extremely limited civil rights, but still thousands of women from various classes like you, mobilized their efforts and staged these non-violence protests. So Cecilia, how did you organize yourselves to bring so many different women together? What did you say to the men so that they would listen to you? We started from our homes. We started to uh, almost like discipline our husbands that we were not going to have sex, we're not going to do anything that because we were not happy. And because of that, they were like, oh, but then I think this thing it weren't all to pay attention to you guys. And so we started going from market places. We went to the schools. Uh, we brought on board. After we started the whole process of explaining to the public, especially when they saw, we saw the market falling, we went to one of these uh, uh, schools in the Oscars of Morovia, where it's called the G2 High. And at that time, we saw the, the elderly, they were toting them in wheelbarrows, and they were dying of hunger. We saw the women, some of them were being raped, and they were explaining their stories. And we saw the children, some of them, like from where I came, they were dying, and the children were still nursing the dead bodies. And I was like, what? This thing, I think we need to put an end to this. It means that we all need to come together as women to go after this. 
if we went after this, our husbands were listening, our boys, our sons were listening. And so we started going from the marketplaces. We went to the schools, went to the mosques, to making sure that we put an end to this carnage. Because they, 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 we heard that we were to be the, the guns and the, the rebels were supposed to go from street to street, go from house to house. And we're like, we can't stay in the house and allow this thing to go on. So we needed to have a safe space, and the safe space was the fish market where we congregated every morning. And then we leave in the evening with all food, with all anything we just there, just lying down in our sand. If it rains, we'll be there. Sun shining, we are there. And so we took it from all fronts, from our homes to the community, from the community. Then we went to the larger society where we congregated at the airfield and thousands of women decided as, as you passing in a car, people were going to their funeral homes, going to their houses. They will see us on the airfield and they were like, they will get down, what's it, what is happening? And then we explained to them that other person will join. And so we started joining and joining and joining and people were just coming and coming, we had no space. And the place was so crowded until finally the, 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 the pastors decided to join us. The imams started to join us. The Muslim men started to join, the, the women started to join, the Christian women and, and, and all of that. And that's how come we, we mobilized the entire country because we came from different, different countries and counties. And if you come from your county, you make sure that your county get involved. And so it engulfed the entire country. So all of the counties were a part of this whole mass action for peace. And if I may, this must have been quite a challenge considering that at that time, Liberian men would not see the damaging threat that their actions or behaviors would put on the whole community. I'll come to you later, Cecilia. Jeannie, what was your first encounter with these women like? What struck you the most the first time you met them? I think it was in December of 2005. So the war had been over for a couple of years. And um, Lema brought a, about 20 women together uh, for me to meet and for them to tell their stories. And I think it was probably one of the biggest impressions on me in my life because there was 20 women gathered. At that point, there was still very little electricity in uh, Liberia because it had been knocked out during the war. And women sat around in a circle and told the stories of what they had been through. And, you know, it was a 14-year war, so people had very different stories over a long period of time, um, though, though people basically, there were, everybody talked about some of the same things. But I remember just being completely blown away by the determination and strength of the women and uh, by the commitment. And I remember asking how did you keep going? You know, how did you do this? How did you keep going? And, and when, what would happen when you would get down and somebody started to, they said we would sing and somebody started to sing and then the women all started to hum and sing together. sun was going down, we were losing light, we couldn't keep filming, and I remember walking away feeling like I, I was charged with a profound responsibility to try to get the story right. Absolutely. Today, these women are recognized for their determination and strength, like you just mentioned, Cecilia. And according to Lee McBowie, responsible for leading this nonviolent peace movement, 
women felt like Liberian men were really not taking a stand for them. They were considered to be fighters or just being silent, accepting all the violence that was being thrown at them as a nation. So here's a question for the both of you. Why do you think it was the women of Liberia and not the men who organized to demand for peace? The, the men, they could not come outside to do anything. If the dead came outside to say something or to do anything, they would be grabbed. They were constricted. The young boys were constricted and taken to the world front to go and fight, whether you were trained or not. The men were also taken. The child soldiers were going. And then we couldn't just stay there and allow our sons and our husbands to go in a, in a front line, on the front line whereby they were not trained. And so the women decided that we are the mothers. So it's better that we go out. And in Liberia, if a woman decides to do something, especially coming out in that particular uh, area or going to do that particular, perform that particular tax, the men are afraid because they know that the women are braver. We were very brave. We were committed to the process. And so we went all out. We couldn't allow our children because they would have been killed. Our husband would have been killed if they had come up. And so we were there fetching food for the men. We were fetching water for the men, for our husbands and our boys. We were there doing all other things for them at that time. So they couldn't get outside. The moment they saw a man, you would either be there to tow the load, they tow the ammunition to the war front. And so they wouldn't grab us because for us, we just gave ourselves all to say, we are going for it and we were committed to the process and we made sure that peace really reigned in Liberia during the 2003 war. Same question for you, Ginny. Why do you think it was the women of Liberia who organized to demand for peace and not the men? I actually don't think I have anything to add to what Cecilia said. I mean, I think she said that the men would have been in danger. I remember Lema telling me that like they didn't invite the men to come onto the field with them where they were protesting every day because if their men were there, the women would get attacked. They were much safer, braver, and they were from religions, both factions. They were able to bring things together and to put a moral shame on people too. Thank you for listening to Cry Like a Boy. In the next episode, we'll continue our conversation and dive into the ways in which women can have an impact in conflict resolution and peace building. This show has been produced with me, Mampeya Jell from Nairobi, Carildo in Monrovia, Liberia, Matra Rodriguez Martinez, Naira Davlashan, and Lilo Montalto Monella in Lyon. Special thanks go to Lori Martinez, Clesia Sala, and Studio Ochenta for helping us produce this podcast. Theme by Gabriel Damaso. Our editor-in-chief is Yasir Khan. I would like to thank our guest, director Ginny Retica and Cecilia Danuelli. For more information on Cry Like a Boy, a Euronews original series and podcast, go to euronews.com to find opinion pieces, videos, and articles on the topic. Follow us on Twitter at Euronews is our Twitter handle and we are on Instagram at euronews.tv. Also share with us your own stories of how you changed and challenged your view on what it means to be a man using the hashtag cry like a boy. 
If you're a Spanish speaker, this podcast is also available in French. Dans la tête des hommes is the name of the podcast series. Please do not hesitate to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Euronews.com or Castbox, Spotify, Apple, Google, and Deezer. And of course, give us a review if you wish. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 